One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And we're sisters, and it's murder time, guys. Let's get down with some murder, shall we? Yes, we shall. Great. Tonight, I'm going to talk to you about the brutal murder of Doreen Herbert. Oof. And I'm going to give a trigger warning. In all of the cases that I've done, this one made me actually sick to my stomach. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah researching it reading about it it's a very fucked up case (laughs) okay all right all right yeah i'm also a little bit excited i feel like this is one that you would pick normally yeah like up your alley so yeah i like i I don't like the brutal ones but i gravitate toward the brutal ones Mm -hmm. like preoccupation with how this how that can happen i just yeah it always takes me there so take me there yep I'm going to take you right on in there. <laughs> so this is another Halloween, spooky Halloween story. Mm-hmm. On October 31st, 1984, the young Herbert family was happily celebrating Halloween. Charles and Doreen decided to divide and conquer. Charles would take their four-year-old daughter, Deanna, trick-or-treating, while heavily pregnant Doreen stayed home to hand out candy to the neighborhood kids. Mm-hmm. When they returned, Charles decided to run to the liquor store, make the holiday a little bit more festive. He'd be home in just a few minutes. I like your style. He drove down the road to the store and was back to his house in less than 15 minutes. When he opened the front door to his normally happy home, what awaited him inside was a scene straight from a gory Halloween movie. Mm -mm, No, in 15 minutes? 15 minutes. Oh boy. Doreen was lying on the floor at the entry to the living room, bleeding profusely. The baby who had been safely inside Doreen's womb for the past eight months was lying on the living room floor. Mm, Nope, nope, nope. At first, Charles thought Doreen had somehow miscarried in the few minutes he'd been gone. But then the picture came into focus more, and Charles realized he was looking at Doreen's severed hand, which was lying in the living room next to the baby. What is this story? How have I never heard this story? So crazy. I know. He desperately tried to stop Doreen's bleeding by holding her arm tightly. But as he was holding his dying wife, he realized that Doreen had severe cuts on her neck and stomach as well. 
Charles tried to call 911, but was unable to get through, so he called the fire department and a neighbor for help. It was after he made these calls that he noticed his young daughter, Deanna, hiding in the living room behind the couch. He quickly took her into the kitchen to keep her from the horrors in the living room. Mm. Calling 911 and having it not work is a waking nightmare. Oh, yeah. So awful. Right? And, I mean, I think it's in the early 80s, too, so 911 hadn't really been around Uh for very long. Uh But, fuck. Yeah, I I know. It was probably, like, uh, an operator and who only worked 9 to 5 or whatever. It's just plugging it in. Old-timey stuff. Hello? (laughs) 911? We don't know how this works yet. I know. Oh, God. No, that's... I think about that a lot, actually. Like, having it be busy or something Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. no no when paramedics arrived charles and deanna went outside to wait when charles saw the paramedics bring doreen who was still alive out on a stretcher he tried to go out with them to the hospital but the police arrested him instead Mm -mm. no (laughs) Mm -hmm. you're just covering every single one of my nightmares in this story yeah yep authorities had noticed that charles was covered in blood and they could smell alcohol on his breath Assuming he was involved in the brutal attack, they handcuffed him and put him in the patrol car for the next hour. Charles was enraged and spent the time kicking at the car's windows. I would too. I would kick the fuck out of that car. Yeah, well, I mean, the shift in his reality, I just cannot imagine. No. Like, happy Halloween and everything's fine to, like, coming home to an actual horror film. Like, nightmare. And then your wife is in the hospital and you don't know what's going on and you're arrested mm-hmm. in a police car and they won't let mm-hmm. you out? Yep. No. Yeah. <laughs> a million percent no. Mm-hmm. Tragically, Doreen's wounds were too severe and she died shortly after arriving at the hospital. Ugh. Okay. Here we go. And it's brutal. I'm uh-huh. going to talk about the wounds. Okay. So if you don't want to hear it, come back in like a minute. Ugh. Just a heads up. It's uh, nasty. I'm scared. I know. An autopsy was performed on Doreen and her baby on November 1st. Doreen died from multiple chopping wounds that resulted in her bleeding to death. Mm. It was believed the wounds were caused by a sharp sword-like instrument. She had been completely brutalized with deep cuts all over her body. Mm. She suffered many cuts to her head. One even penetrated two inches into her brain. Oh my god. Yep. Doreen's left hand was completely severed just above the wrist. She had wounds to both shoulders, one of which severed the head of the right humerus. So the you know, arm bone that connects yeah. to her shoulder. <laughs> On Doreen's thighs and legs, there were long, deep wounds consistent with chopping. A heavy blow even fractured her right femur. Oh, fractured her femur? The largest bone in yes. her body. Yes. What was this person using... I know. Oh Ugh, my god. so awful. I know. Worse still, her abdomen had been destroyed and Oof. the baby inside removed. Oh my god. Once the baby was out, he had been dismembered as well. Mm. The baby was nearly full term and would have survived if born naturally. What is happening? What is happening? I can't believe I've never heard the story before. I know. It's really a really crazy one. I couldn't believe it either. As police tried to piece together what happened, they interviewed four-year-old Deanna. She told them that there had been a loud knock at the door soon after Charles left. (sighs) 
Doreen and Deanna went to the door expecting a trick-or-treater, but when they opened the door, they were faced with a tall man in a terrible cartoonish wolf mask who said, quote, I'm going to kill you. In his hand was an 18-inch machete. No. No. Yep. Do you want to see a picture of the mask? Yeah. Nope. 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 Yeah, it's like a really creepy Ugh. 80s cartoon so, wolf mask. Yeah, it looks like... Looney like Looney Tunes style. Yes, like a Looney t- like a bad kids show. Oh, mm, man. It's awful. No. Yeah, I'll, po- I'll post pictures on social media, but it's just... <laughs> like, imagine, if you're imagining the worst 80s cartoon wolf mask yeah not like a cool teen wolf yeah like a car like an illustration of a wolf it's mm -mm. yeah so much worse than i thought yes so doreen told the man to leave and then screamed at deanna to hide behind the couch so she did she would later testify that she left her hiding place twice during the attack once to peek from the kitchen and once to get her blanket Mm. Mm -mm. deanna told them that she heard her mother cry out michael And then the man, still in his wolf's mask, found Deanna in her hiding spot and threatened to kill the little girl if she told anyone. Who is Michael? Investigators found a wolf mask with exaggerated teeth, bulging eyes, and a stuck-out tongue by the Herbert's front door. Mm. They also discovered a trail of blood leading all the way down the block, where it then suddenly stopped. Detectives guessed this is where the killer got into his car and drove away. Oh my god. They questioned Charles and others who knew the couple, and a clear picture of who might have committed this terrible crime came into view. Doreen was born to a close-knit family in 1952 in Santa Clara, California. She was described as an angel, someone who was always giving. Doreen's generous spirit led her to pursue a career in medicine, and she eventually landed a job as a physical therapist in the Bay Area. Wow. Around, yep. Around the same time, she began dating a man named William Michael Dennis, who went by the nickname Mike. Michael worked as a sprayer at the nearby Lockheed factory. So we're talking like rockets and, um, you know, space, aerospace engineering and shit. Right. Guns. Don't they do guns, too? Uh, Probably. (laughs) So he's spraying, Uh, spraying powerful stuff, regardless. Yeah, right. Michael was a shy guy. He had suffered severe hearing loss as a child and had a stutter as a result. He also suffered from chronic depression and said that it caused him bad luck with dating. Mm-hmm. He didn't have many relationships before meeting Doreen. Oh, no. Yeah. The two started dating. Michael felt he'd found the one and fell deeply in love. <laughs> After only a few months of dating, the couple found out that Doreen was pregnant and they decided to get married. Doreen gave birth to a baby boy, Paul Dennis, just a few months after their wedding. By all accounts, Mike relished his role as a father, but the stress of being new parents was too much for the young couple to withstand, and they divorced in 1977. Mm -hmm. Doreen had primary custody of Paul, who visited Mike on the weekends. Mike cherished the time with his son, but he remained bitter about the divorce. Doreen quickly moved on and married Charles. She moved into his home, which just so happened to be only six blocks away from the house that Mike and Doreen had once shared. Oh, boy. The pair had a daughter, Deanna, in 1979. And then very tragically, in February of 1980, four-year-old Paul climbed through the fence surrounding the swimming pool at the Herbert's home and fell into the water. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Man, this story is 
the worst story. The worst. It's Every so single awful. bad thing happens in this story. Yes. Ugh. Doreen was home at the time, but she didn't realize what had happened until it was too late. Oh, God. It made the worst story. Yeah. After being pulled from the pool, Paul was put on life support for a week. But he died three days after respirators and feeding tubes were removed. Oh, God. No. It was completely devastating for the entire family, but it was especially painful for Mike, who blamed Doreen for Paul's death. Mm. He even went so far as to file a wrongful death suit against Charles and Doreen. Wow. And the case went to tr- I know. The case went to trial in March of 1982. The jury ruled in the Herbert's favor and the couple cut off contact with Mike after that. I just stress, 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 stress. I, I you know, it's like worst nightmares every which way you turn. <laughs> exactly. You're mourning the loss of your child coping with the guilt of being somewhat responsible and then your ex comes at you with a wrongful death suit Mm-mm. no yeah. man yep. over the next two years Mike's life and mental health continued to deteriorate he lost his position at Lockheed and had to take a salary reduction to keep his job so it sounded like they sort of just moved him to different I don't know if it's a unit or what mm-hmm. department there that's the word and then over the course of a few months they slowly cut his salary back and just pushed him uh, out which was really yeah just really made him feel a lot worse <laughs> think uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah lingering bitterness continued to eat at him over the breakup of his marriage and he blamed doreen for paul's death he believed that doreen had intentionally let paul drown that mm. she didn't want her son to be a part of her new family oh come which on. is not true no yeah yeah there was one of the articles i read he talked about i guess that when she moved into the house with charles mm-hmm. mike noticed there was a pool and he said okay gotta fence it in Ugh. and they did but the fence wasn't secure enough and he'd even said like you really need to secure that up and they didn't Ugh. and a dog had drowned in the pool not mm-hmm. too long before paul mm-hmm. and she was like really so the, the pool had been an issue already oh god and so yeah michael was i mean I just, it, like, in all of the tragic situations of an accident like this, it's uh, worst case. You know? It's the worst yeah. case. So it's not even yeah. just a freak thing. They just moved in. They hadn't had time. Oops, sorry. He had been harping at them and a dog died. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, the guilt of that would have been cr- no. absolutely crushing. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> yep. And pushing the already unstable man over the edge. There's that. Mm-hmm. Unaware of the hatred brewing only six blocks away, in 1984, Doreen announced that she was expecting a son following two miscarriages in the preceding years. Mm. And that's the other thing, too, is once Paul died, Doreen and Michael didn't have contact anymore. There wasn't any reason for them to need to be talking to each other. And so she really had no idea. The family didn't realize that Mike was just like... Completely unhinged. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Oy, six blocks away. Yeah. No mm-hmm. to the thank you. Because we know what else yes. I hate. Murderous neighbors. Neighbors. It's really everything. Yes. <laughs> it's so awful. Man. Yeah. Charles, Doreen, and big sister Deanna were thrilled to be adding another child to their family. Mm-hmm. It seemed as if luck was changing for the better. <sighs> this is one of those cases where I just want to, I mean, we already know what happens, but I just want to be like, and pause 
and everything was great. Mm-hmm. And know. And baby Doreen is my and age, and she's doing well. Mm-hmm. She's a judge. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Yep. The baby was due in early November, just after Halloween, which really strikes a chord. I had my second child three days after Halloween. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The weekend before her murder, Doreen, who was just under five feet tall, had her sister over for lunch. Her sister teased Doreen that she, quote, was as far out as she was high. Mm-hmm. Little did they know everything would be ruined just a few days later. Neither Doreen or her baby would make it to November. <laughs> it's just... Oh. I, no, it's... I just... Oh. I just... It ruins don't. me. <sighs> ruins me. No. After hearing the story of Doreen's past with Michael, authorities rushed to his house in the early hours of November 1st, so just right after the murder. Mm-hmm. They knocked on his front door, but despite lights on in the house, there was no answer. They had dispatch call his house to tell him that police were out front and needed to talk to him. Michael answered the phone and said that he would be down soon. Police could see him turning lights on and off inside various rooms in the house, and then they could hear water running. When he finally answered the door, police informed him that his ex-wife had been attacked. Michael invited the officers inside to talk. Once seated at the kitchen table, they told Michael that Doreen had been murdered. He replied with a straightforward, you're kidding. Mm. could just smack his face, man. Seriously. (laughs) Oh, you don't say. Oh. Police couldn't help but notice that the fingers of Michael's right hand were severely cut and still bleeding enough to saturate the gauze bandages wrapped around each finger. Bro. Come on. Mm-hmm. When asked about the wound, Michael said that he had cut himself by, quote, playing with a knife. <laughs> yep. One billion other better excuses than that. I know. One of the descriptions said that he told police that he'd thrown... <laughs> I'm sorry. That he threw the knife up in the air and caught it by the blade. Oh. And that's how he cut himself so badly. <laughs> I would have been like, you know that game where you spread your hand out on the table and stab yourself in between the, I mean, just stupidest thing yes. in the world for a, you know, 40 year old man to be doing, but mm-hmm. yeah. Whee! I'm playing b- Blady <laughs> Catch. It's my favorite. I don't, I don't miss very often, but when I do, mm-hmm. oh ouchie. Ouchie. Not oh, cutting God. bagels. You can just say you're cutting a bagel, buddy. Does cooking. A nope. thousand other things. Nope. Plain blade. Wood. I don't know. Blade like, catch. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know people. I just... <laughs> ugh. Michael allowed the detectives to search his home. They found drops of blood in the garage in front of the washer and dryer and a trail of blood that led outside. There were blood drops in the kitchen, a pair of blood-stained jeans on the defendant's bed, blood on a set of keys in Michael's bedroom, and a bloody bandage in the bathroom garbage. He just clearly didn't care about getting caught obviously right or you know who knows he just i don't know he was not in a well state of mind first of all right yes yeah or he thought that you know blade catch game would be enough of an alibi for all the blood yeah it just sounds like he was so far gone at that point that he just did what he was gonna do and then just let the rest fall into place yep there was way more blood in his home than would come from a small knife wound, and based on this evidence, they arrested Michael and had the house secured. Mm-hmm. While conducting a second, more thorough search of his home, police found a receipt from a hardware store and a label for a machete with an 18-inch blade. Ugh. They also found blood in multiple spots in Michael's truck. The hood was still warm to the touch. Mm-hmm. 
In his garage, they found two handmade coffins. No. With locks on with locks on the outside. Mm-mm, no. God. Yes. Now we're getting into buried alive territory into no. Yes, we are. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. They speculate that one was for Charles, another smaller one for Doreen, as well as body bags, weights, and a map of the San Francisco Bay. Mm-mm. Yeah, it looked like he was planning to put Doreen and Charles in those boxes alive and then dump them in the water. I ch- <sighs> In the days after the murder, multiple witnesses came forward to say that they saw a man in a wolf mask near Doreen's house. A few even saw him standing in the road, staring at her house. Mm. In the wolf mask? He, in the wolf mask. On This is Halloween night. Yes. In his costume, standing in the road, staring like a fucking creep. He was holding a grocery bag with something heavy inside. The last piece of the puzzle was put into place when the detectives were able to trace the wolf mask found at the Herbert's home to one Mike wore at the Halloween party the previous year. Dude. A witness came forward saying that Michael had gone to her party wearing that mask, and she even had photos of the party to prove it. Oh, thank God. So that photo I sent you is actually Michael in the wolf mask. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. I hate everything about it. I do too. Michael went to trial in July of 1988. His defense team tried to show that Michael was suffering from severe mental illness at the time of Doreen's murder. A psychologist spent many hours interviewing Michael and testified that after the death of his son and the civil trial that he lost, his anger towards Doreen turned delusional and he became obsessed with getting revenge. Mm-hmm. While attacking her, Michael said that he asked Doreen how it felt to drown. No. Yeah. <sighs> I know. Michael admitted to the doctor that he murdered Doreen, but swore he didn't know that she was pregnant at the time and said that he would not have killed Doreen had he known. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I know. know. You know that's why he did it. Yeah. Well, especially as as far along as she was, you know, opening the door and seeing her, he would have known. And he said in one of the interviews that with the psychologist that it wasn't until the baby fell out of her body that he realized, Mm-mm. which is just bullshit. It's and that baby bullshit. was brutalized. Yeah. yeah as I'm... many wounds as she had, the baby had as many. And uh, I mean, ugh, God. ugh, I know. And he lived six blocks away from her. So there's no way mm-hmm. this guy who's just standing in her, in her road, staring at her house, mm-hmm. hadn't seen her a billion right. times. Yeah. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, or like ran in the same circles and somebody mentioned, Oh, Doreen's having a baby or who, yes. I mean like the well, chances of him just not knowing. Right. And you know, that's what set him off and that's why he did it. Cause he was it, mm-hmm. just too painful. Yep. She was pregnant with a boy. I mean, it's just like, yes. We all we all know how this goes, buddy. Not pulling this over on us. Nope. After only three hours of deliberation, the jury found Michael guilty of murder and recommended the death penalty. Wow. Yep. Before being sentenced by the judge, Michael went on a rambling 30-minute speech. He told the judge, quote, If you eliminate October 31st, 1984, I'm a decent human being. <laughs> That's just like, you don't get... It's not... You don't get points toward no decency. Nope. It's not how it works. No. It's not a bank. You can't withdraw no. all the goodness that you've deposited. 
You just keep putting the goodness in the goodness bank, dude. Yeah, right? I know. When you do something that horrific, like the most horrific thing I can imagine. Yeah, maybe that I've ever heard. You don't. Yeah. That's it. You don't get to balance it out with like being an okay dude sometimes. No. You need serious help. Serious Mm -hmm. help. Mm Mm-hmm. He then apologized to Doreen's family for killing her, and then in the next breath, blamed Doreen and Charles for not making sure the fence around the pool mm-hmm. where his son drowned was stable. Mm-hmm. The judge then sentenced Michael to death. As he was led out of the courtroom, Michael turned to Doreen's family and said, quote, Good night. <laughs> he sits on California's death row in San Quentin still today. Oh, that's not going well for him, I'm sure. Right, I know, I know. And it sounds like um, California's really up in the air. You know, they still have the death penalty, as far as I know, but haven't executed anyone since 2006. And I'm sure. Doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Yeah. So he's just chilling. Wow. Yeah. And I couldn't find a whole lot about Charles and Deanna, how they're doing, but I did find an interview from 2016 mm. where they were uh, it being interviewed about their thoughts on the death penalty in California. And Deanna said, quote, I can forgive, but I can't forget. And I do think that he should get the death penalty. I had to grow up without my mom and a brother. And the extreme trauma of living through that. I just can't even imagine. No. A four-year-old watching her mother get macheted to death in a wolf with like a cartoon wolf mask. No. I don't. I just. No. It's the scariest thing you could possibly imagine. I mean, not yes. not hyperbole. That's the scariest no, thing I can I imagine. Agree. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. It is a true nightmare. It's a true nightmare come to life. Like 100%. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Like I said, when I was researching the story, I had to keep closing. It took me like way too long. It's not a very long one. Mm-hmm. I had to like keep stopping and like walk away and take deep breaths because I was literally, I was like really scaring myself by reading <laughs> oh, it. It's so scary. It's so scary. <laughs> It really is. Um, So so, during this interview, Charles said, quote, finally, she got pregnant. And he took that life too." Charles said during the interview with tears in his eyes, noting that his wife had had two miscarriages in the years before her death. I want him to know we survived and we're making it. He hasn't conquered us. Mm. Deanna and Charles moved to Red Bluff, California soon after the attack where they still live today. Mm. And that is the (laughs) fucking awful, atrocious, brutal murder of poor Doreen. That is crazy town. That is the craziest (laughs) town. I don't It doesn't get any crazier. It really doesn't. And I was thinking about it as you're wrapping up. It's the worst kind of murder, too, because it's just this, like, really horrifying revenge murder. I really don't mm-hmm. like revenge murder, I realize. No. You no. know? It's just... Well, there's always that extra layer of just, like, hate and... Yeah, and selfishness. Malice, and malice, just, like, yeah. so evil. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, it's one thing if yeah. somebody... You know, if somebody revenge murdered him, that would make a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. But just this, like, supremely selfish, I'm going to ruin everything because I have so much pain yes. inside of me and I don't know how to cope right. with it. So I'm just going to ruin right. hundreds of lives. Just the ripple effect mm-hmm. of something like that. It's just endless. Mm-hmm. And that is very selfish well, and extremely fucked up. Yeah. One of the psychologists that it, he, there's one whole, like, huge 
court document that's just like and then this psychologist and this psychologist and this like he was interviewed multiple 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 times and one of them was talking about how he had like super internalized guilt Mm -hmm. about his son's death like really blamed himself Mm -hmm. and i mean it sounds like he and paul were like super close and the day that he dropped the day that paul died he had dropped him off with doreen and paul hadn't wanted to go he wanted to stay Mm -hmm. with his dad and so he had all of this guilt like couldn't save him from the pool and Mm -hmm. on and on and on and so he internalized it and then the only way he could get that hatred for himself out was by doing this terrible thing to doreen yeah you know just like the layers of fucked up shit that was in his <laughs> body and brain totally you know? and like get get a like a therapist you know like he desperately needed to talk to somebody kill and your have own some self and, at the worst case right, scenario, you know right but he couldn't he was he couldn't Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. to have this weird sense of creating balance through that is just mm-hmm. I, I can understand serial killers way more than i can understand this you know like, I can't understand it, but I can at least know that if you're a serial killer, you were probably born that way or you're traumatized into that behavior and that it's mm-hmm. just this, like, compulsion that you can't control, that it's too strong. Right. But something like that, it's just, I just don't know how your brain goes from this deep, deep, deep grief. I guess it's just, it feels better to be angry, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we yeah. all experience that when you go through a breakup or something, it just feels better to feel angry because then you have control. Yes. So I guess that's really what it comes right. down to, right? right? You can control well, the level of grief that you feel when you lose a child, I can only imagine, would just no. be the, the deepest. And no. so if you're, you can't go there, you have to turn it into something else. And Nope, I can't. That's just one nope. thing that keeps me up at night. We've had friends lose children and i can't i just (laughs) reason number one why i don't have children that i can't i can would never recover from that i would be the drug addict one i do the right like watching intervention and there's that mom who i think three lost three children in a house fire and she was on mm-hmm. every single drug. And I was like, why are we even intervening with this woman? Just let her do every drug. You know? Seriously, <laughs> like, I, know, I know. I know the right thing to do is yes. for her to clean up and try to move on. But is it really? Can't she just do every drug until she's done? <laughs> <laughs> Oy, yeah. Just do. Just yep. don't kill the ex-wife. Don't kill the... Uh, Doreen, no. poor Doreen. She lost two brothers and her mother no, and Deanna. is traumatized. Yeah. Deanna, sorry. Yeah. And Doreen's the mom, yes. right? Deanna, the baby. Right. All, every bad yeah. thing happened to her. And he is responsible yeah. for that. And that is horrible. Yes. It's so horrible. I, and it's all my scariest stuff. Mm. Including the <laughs> husband getting false imprisoned temporarily while his wife is dying. I just, oh, I, don't oh. Know. I know. I was a little bit worried, like that that would go on further because, of course, it would make sense that it would be Charles. Like, who leaves for fifteen minutes and then comes back to like right terrible chaos? Like, yeah, he got mad and chopped up his wife. Like, no, he did not. Oh, and luckily, li- luckily, they immediately realized, okay, he's not our guy. Still, just that, just the trauma yeah. of that moment is so overwhelming. I can't even imagine. Right? What's well, the that? Terror- couldn't be with her. That's like, what I mean. On the ride to the hospital when she died. Yeah. No. Yeah. Ugh. No. Nope. What? The guilt of that, the trauma of that, it just endless. What's that stupid movie where the guy goes to the liquor store or the bar or whatever and his family burns up and then he's really shitty about it? Casey Affleck, fuck him. God. Uh, 
<laughs> it was won every award. Um, I called it. <laughs> oh it my like, god! Uh, <laughs> I hated that movie so much. You know, the one that I'm thinking of isn't the right one, but I want to say it, and I can't think of it. I want to say Wolf's Creek. <laughs> That's totally different. Uh, Manchester by the Sea. I called it Bland oh. Chester by the Sea because I hated it so much. <laughs> I saw I've not the, seen that one. Oh my god! It's just I. <laughs> I hated it because it's just the same story that's been told every single time for in, into infinity. Like a shitty guy does a shitty thing and remains shitty. You know, there's like nothing redeeming right. about it. <laughs> but uh-huh. That's what that reminded me of because he goes, you know, he's super sad and <laughs> and it's you know told from mo- current times post going to the bar and coming home and his family's burnt up in the house. Uh. Um, I think his kids are burnt up as why I don't remember, but we're watching it in the theater and these two older women are sitting behind us and they reveal that he, sorry for everyone. I just spoiled her. I just, I really <laughs> saved you like three and a half hours or however fucking long that movie is. Oh, boring. Yeah. They reveal that that's why he's such a shitty, sad person is because his family got all burnt up and <laughs> the women behind us go, Oh, that's why he's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you. I'm glad you could uh, join us, good. ladies. I'm glad you're welcome. <laughs> yep, welcome to the plot. Uh-huh. It's, anyway, this is like glad your synapses fired. There. Yes, <laughs> if you turn Blanchester by the Sea into a horror movie, that's what you just described. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good job, but fuck it all. Fuck all of yeah. it. You know, let's burn it down and go home. Because, yeah. Thank you to Reddit, as per usual. Somebody posted, uh, like, what are some <laughs> true crime cases that happen on Halloween? And I was like, yes, please. Let's look mm. at that list. And mm. then that one came up, and I was like, how? Have I never heard of that It's case? so weird. It's so Has weird. Has it really been covered? I think I found one, like, California-based true crime podcast that's done it, and that was it. And I don't know why, because... Probably because they read it and they were like, oh my God, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And I can't talk about it out loud. That just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense which stories rise to the top and the ones that don't. That should be that just like Charlie Chopoff. Why? How? What? Mm -hmm. How do we not know about Charlie Chopoff or this Halloween horror story? Everybody should know about it. That is bizarre. And you're probably right. It's like that serial killer from Kansas City. Do you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? The one that you told you just told me about what he did, and I, I oh god, s- yes. seriously, will think about yes. it in, in the middle of the night. I, yes, you Richard. I, what's mm-hmm. his name? I found my line with that one. I've thought a couple of yes. times, like, could I do that? No, I can't. That's my story. I cannot cover. It will never happen. It's too, yep. too, too awful. Right. Well, it was the one of the first because he ha- he's not very well covered serial killer we very first started the podcast yes and i was like oh yeah let's get into it and oh there's photos like nothing's too severe for me and i was like oh my god i don't think mm-hmm. i can do this podcast mm-hmm. like this is way <laughs> too intense and i think i even called you and i was like courtney yeah I and then she this. gave the infection of the information to my brain <laughs> and now there it lives and it, it like very few things oh, scare me god. that scares the absolute living shit out of me that that, that story mm-hmm. So I just quickly learned that I have boundaries. <laughs> I guess, man. I know. There are things that are too terrible to talk about. Yeah. The porn episode yeah. of 
obscure as porn episode. Don't do it, guys. Ugh, He's warned no, you at I the won't. beginning. Don't do it. It's and I'm, I know I'm driving everybody straight to that episode by saying it. And everybody's also googling Kansas City serial killer. I'm sorry. I guess I'm oh, infecting your brains with my brain infection. It's too scary. It's yeah. too awful. I had to. I listened to that episode of Obscure, but I skipped everything because he. It's just. Mm-mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was yeah. pointless to listen to because I really just skipped ahead everything. Yeah. All the dark web I've ones. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it because I I just know you can't you can't erase that shit from your brain. No, he. I started to listen to a recent episode, and he's like, it's about dogs or animals. I was like, don't no. Okay, there's my other line. Mm-mm, not listening to that one. I didn't listen to it. Good. Well, hopefully, well, you guys are still listening to this one. I happy Halloween, guys. Yeah. We just yeah. <laughs> just happy Halloween. Hey, if you guys weren't already having a really horrifyingly awful and intense and terrifying October. You're welcome. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, know. I know. And this is a Patreon episode. We might release it for everybody on Halloween as a little gift to get us through until the election, but oh, here you go. There you go. I did find that I would rather, so I would like take breaks when I was researching this case because it was yeah. stressing me out. Yeah. And then I would go and like look at, you know, politics and oh, whatever. Oh God, no. 538. And then I'd be like, no, I'd rather read about fucking horrible so much horrible rather. crimes so much rather that's really weird yeah yeah so when your break is murder then yeah your life is stressful <laughs> <laughs> or not because i would i would take these break murder breaks anyway but <laughs> no it's so funny i my next case is james bulger which is uh was chosen by our listener who won the opportunity to choose a case and uh-huh. it's a horrible horrible case i'm sure most people know about it and life has just been really, really hard this month. And I, that's my solace. That's been my, mm-hmm. my, <laughs> my, my binky is children murdering other children. It's just so cozy in there. No, but it really, it's so weird. It's so weird how yeah. that works. I mean, it's just, it's, it's such a meme that we're all like, I'm so stressed out. I'm going to watch a Dateline or listen to Obscura or fucking dark topic or like the worst right. most traumatizing podcast i can find because it makes yep. me feel better nobody knows yep. why yeah so you probably I was thinking that your next patreon episode next time will be on halloween so you better <gasps> oh Corey. boy maybe i will do this that kansas city serial killer because it's the worst thing oh, i could possibly man no. i don't think i can i really don't think i no, can. can't well maybe you could i think my mistake was looking at the like pictures he has I pictures d- of his victims that he tortured and for whatever reason they're like fully available i think if i hadn't done that i could have talked about it you know like when you don't really i don't know dude because i have not real. looked at the photos and it's still the worst shit oh, i've ever heard in my life god well i do think since since i found him i have noticed more podcasts have covered him so i think yeah. that we don't need to i think that's, <laughs> i cannot think of his name I can't either because it's one of those it's yeah it's like Richard Bronson or whatever yeah it's like not a memorable name anyway so you guys have some homework assignments to avoid (laughs) listening (laughs) learning about the Kansas City serial killer and also listening to most obscura episodes (laughs) just kidding it's a great (laughs) podcast it's really good it's scary it's really, if you like scary, it's one of the scary ones. He does a really good job of being scary, so. Oh, you know what? You were you were saying Kansas City. I think you were thinking of Dennis Rader, which is not 
No, no, no. I'm pretty sure, isn't it? I'm saying Kansas City because uh, our friend Lush is from there and she mentioned him. Oh, oh, here he is. Robert Berdella. Where is he from? Kansas City. (laughs) Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, yes. No one's ever heard of him. No one knows the name Robert Berdella. Mm -hmm. But it's not even Mm -hmm. a thing. No, it's the worst thing you've ever could possibly conceive. So Mm -hmm. he died of a heart attack. Good. Fuck him. I'll stop researching murder while I'm (laughs) recording an actual podcast. (laughs) All right, you guys, Um, we love you. uh, Yeah. No, you're the best. We love you. Yeah. And if you're not a Patreon supporter and you're listening to this because we re-revealed it. What's the word? Uh, I'm so sorry. I can't. I'm not going to be able to talk or entertain until at least November. So please forgive me. Yeah, man. No, forget about it. They're fine with it. Everybody (laughs) feels the same. If we were like super articulate right now and just like, hey, guys, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Then they would stop listening because we would be unrelatable and they would be so sick of us and mad at us. It's true. And I still feel optimistic. Yeah, for those of you who come here for my creepy op- optimism, I still feel very optimistic. I'm just tired. I'm really yeah, tired. we're all so exhausted. <laughs> yeah. So, we're at the end of the marathon. Yes. But, yeah, uh, if you are not a Patreon supporter, I think is what you were saying. We still love you. we have unveiled this mm-hmm. podcast for everyone. <laughs> this is going <laughs> to be such a hard podcast. edit. <laughs> One of the podcasts I listen to, they say, from the Patreon vault. From so. the Patreon vault. <laughs> vault. Yeah, so this is coming from our vault of like 15 episodes. Reek! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like when um, yeah. uh, Geraldo Rivera went to open the vault of whatever the gangster was and it was empty. <laughs> One hundred percent. I wonder if we get Geraldo oh. somehow involved in this um, God, unveiling we, of like this one Halloween episode. <laughs> oh, I've got a new Photoshop assignment. I'm gonna I'm gonna find a picture of that and put us inside of the vault. <laughs> this with a shruggy was shrugging. Oh, sorry, guys. Uh-huh. It's a pretty good episode, but <laughs> this, is, this is what we got. Okay, right. we love you very <laughs> much. So much. Yes, we do. You're welcome, and we're sorry at the same time. (laughs) Not good, not great. We love you. (laughs) (laughs) Boo. Not good, not great. (laughs) That's one of our reviews, our favorite review, other than Mommies. That's my other favorite review. Boo. Not good, not great. (laughs) We love you. We love you guys so much. Thanks for listening. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.